rescue your retirement. GrowWealthSafely.com. Hey, it's Mark Lee and Van Camp. Join us this afternoon at 1. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is 12 minutes before the top of the hour. I'm very pleased to report, and tomorrow I can't wait to sign on and say that it's Memorial Day weekend, and I know that it doesn't have the same feeling because of what's going on and so many things are still closed and the casinos are still closed but tomorrow there is a great event that's going to be taking place with Mark Giantonio the president of uh, Resorts Casino Hotel in Atlantic City and the mayor of Atlantic City Marty Small on the beach by the ocean right out front of Resorts Casino Hotel. Now, you know for a number of years now, this has been the scene. It's been iconic of the beach ball drop. So many thousands of beach balls. There will be a beach ball drop, probably, learned and confirmed, in the 20 or so beach ball total range. Not like when Tony Orlando and Marchie Antonio uh, are uh, above the crowd and on the big lift and, and then... These thousands and thousands of balls are dropping, but this is all going to be happening tomorrow at Resorts Casino Hotel. It'll be the beat, the chief of the Beach Patrol. It will be Mayor Small, President Mark Antonio of Resorts Casino Hotel, and the event is taking place on the boardwalk right in front of Resorts Casino Hotel at 1 p.m. tomorrow. So that's the opening of the summer season, a great tradition at Atlantic City's first casino. And in the era of Marchie Antonio, they have just done fabulous things, and they'll continue to do great things. We continue with John Zara. Counselor, time is yours. As I was saying, Harry, I'm a criminal defense lawyer. We have lots of cases where things go very strangely, and you're wondering what's really going on. So this is an analysis we go through a lot as lawyers. What's really underlying the actions here? What, how did this case ever get indicted, let alone my client arrested and brought, uh, allegedly brought to, to uh, uh, trial? So, or brought to trial, eventually brought to trial, I should say. How did this happen? So, um, you know, when you look at the underlying, you know, you, you, I, I once had, was present with a talk, um, with the uh, director of the CIA, former director of the CIA, and um, uh, he was explaining to a number of people, uh, you know, the way they operate is it's easy to see what's going on on the surface. What you really need to know is where are, is sort of like the tectonics, you know, the, the, the tectonic plates under the surface of the earth. Yeah. You know, when are they going to move? When are they going to move? When are they going to cause trouble? Like a major earthquake or something like that. Yeah, the surface stuff is easy. It's raining. It's sunny. It's cold. It's this. Yeah, not too hard. But to see really where the underlying stuff is going, that's the art and science of, of intelligence. So applying that to this situation, you know, where, why would a judge, the first time I've ever heard of it, and I've been around and my friends have ever heard of it, why would a judge go out of his way when the prosecution and defense want to dismiss to essentially prosecute the, the defendant? 
in the case of Michael Flynn? Well, the underlying thing is it's pretty clear to me the, the tectonic plates underneath this is he doesn't like the president and he doesn't like Flynn and he doesn't like the fact that this prosecution was exposed and dismantled. That's what's going on. And he actually uh, said as much about not liking Flynn, and then he apologized for it, for what he yeah. said. Uh, yeah, and and that's on a, a prior occasion. Hey, by, by the way, John, this is not gratuitous just for you as my go-to guy and the guy that I think is the best in his craft, at his, in his field, and that's you in criminal defense. But it shows you how important your counsel, your defense counsel is, because look at the movement. Now, you know I'm not a believer in coincidences. Look at the movement in his case when Sidney Powell aggressively began defending him. That's not an accident, John. Well, no, it's not an accident. She's, she's steady, she's resolute, yep. she's goal-oriented, and she's persistent. And she's got a lot of guts. And she, she did one of the greatest defense jobs in history, you know, in history, in my opinion, uh, to, to take him from dead and dying, dead or dying, to uh, a new life, essentially, because he's, he's on the verge of a, of a complete dismissal. That's clean. That means he's never, ever uh, been convicted. John, let me interrupt you on your show very rudely so that I can uh, promote your business. Uh, you're listening to John Zarek, the official lead counsel for the Hurley in the Morning program for Criminal Defense Matters. John, I have a question from a listener, and I, I've, I know you well enough that I, I, if you weren't here, I would feel comfortable answering this question, but it would be wrong for me to try when you are right here to answer for yourself. Uh, a, a great listener of the program wrote me a moment or so ago and asked, does John Zarek handle hostile workplace cases? It's interesting this listener brings that up because I know somebody that's dealing with a hostile work uh, environment with a bad boss. John, is that a case that the law offices of John Zarek could take on? Well, we would typically consult in a case like that. Uh, a lot of those situations um, definitely should be pursued, and, and there are some of them that should not be pursued. And we'd be glad to take a call from anyone and talk that over with them, certainly any of our listeners. I love our listeners, and uh, we we always, always ready to help uh, in any way we can. I just so, texted your um, number to... Yeah. You'll hear from Lance. I just uh, texted your number. Yeah, that's great. Be glad to help out. A lot of people, you know, you, you have to be careful, too. Um, everyone has a right to pursue a case, to file suit, and so forth. But if you know that you're, the likelihood is that you're going to go through two years of expense and time and effort and potential embarrassment to you and your family, for example, um, and you're not going to come up with anything. It's going to be a, a it's going to be a uh, poor result. Then you probably don't want to pursue that. So it's important to get good counsel as to what it um, what's going to go on. And although we don't do that specifically that type of law, we've 
been involved in countless workplace activities between employees, bosses. Uh, there's a lot that goes on, and often that results in criminal charges. And this may be a criminal case for all we know. Sometimes people think it's it's sexual harassment or something, or it's harassment. No, it's it's you know from a civil standpoint. No, it's more than that. This is a crime that what was done to you, for example. Good. So final three minutes of your program, John. Uh, closing summation coming up. Yeah, I I want everyone out there to make their decisions. Look, if you want to vote for Joe Biden, fine. If you want to vote for Donald Trump, fine. But don't do it because you're being manipulated by people who have an agenda, right? I, I Don't, don't, and don't make decisions on your health care, on your health, on your uh, response to the virus, on how you proceed in life, how you protect your family. Don't do that based on political decisions. Because wh- what we see is... We see some people on the right who think, you know, they want they want President Trump elected so much that some people, a few, are willing to have no precautions, take all risks, not do anything recommended by the by the doctors or by the president, you know, himself. That they don't, you know, there's some people, they're just, they, they just think it's patriotic to not follow the rules at all, to go back to complete freedom and be reckless. And then there are other people on the other side for political reasons, and these are often subconscious political reasons. They don't want to follow the opening guidelines. They don't want to do things that are safe that, um, at all. They're holed up still. And they're letting their, you know, in many cases, they're letting their their lives and their families' lives go down the drain because because of political belief that the second wave is coming. There's no evidence of that, but the political belief that the second wave is coming, and that second wave is going to kill a million or two people, and that's going to be the end of Donald Trump, and that that's what they want more than anything. Um, Look at the look at the facts. Look at the circumstances. Take reasonable precautions. You know, you don't have to you don't have to go out crazy or stay in crazy on one way or the other. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Make your decisions based on uh, your the evidence and people that you trust, not based on uh, pundits and contributors and politicians who are manipulating you for their own personal gain in the millions and sometimes the tens of millions. Don't be a pawn. Make your own decisions and do the right thing. And John, not just the money, uh, because they'll take that, but it's also about accumulating power and control. And uh, that's exactly what they want to do and and they have a philosophy of exploiting uh, a crisis and quote unquote not letting it go to waste Hillary Clinton said those exact words we cannot let a crisis a good you know a good crisis go to waste uh, John Zarek for all of your criminal defense legal needs and if I've inspired you to call John uh, please tell him that Hurley in the morning sent you 609 641 2266. 
Hey, John, thank you. Uh, have a great holiday weekend, my friend. I'm sure you'll be working. You too, Harry. Thank you, sir. 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ 97.3, HD3 Millville. It's early in the morning. A few million more Americans are out of work and need help. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. As the unemployment tide keeps coming in, Fox's Lillian Wu details the Just Out report live. Dave, another 2.43 million Americans filing for first-time jobless benefits last week. It's a slight drop from the week before, but it pushes a total number of people filing claims to uh, nearly 39 million since mid-March. And Dave, those weekly numbers don't even include the hundreds of thousands who are getting help through a temporary coronavirus-related package. Uh, Lillian, the number of coronavirus cases worldwide topped 5 million this morning, close to a third of them here in the U.S., where more than 93,000 people have died. But a new report suggests many of those deaths might have been preventable. Fox's John Decker live in Washington. The White House reacting to a New York Times report relying on data from Columbia University, which claims that 36,000 lives could have been saved if the Trump administration put social distancing guidelines into practice just one week earlier in March. White House spokesman Judd Deere is statement saying what would have saved lives is if China had been transparent and the World Health Organization had fulfilled its mission. What did save lives is the bold leadership of President Trump. Dave? Well, John, the president will go to Michigan today to visit a Ford plant that's been making ventilators. More states are lifting more corona restrictions today. Malls can reopen in West Virginia. Dining inside restaurants is allowed there, too, and in Ohio. In New Jersey, a gym that defied orders reopening Monday was closed this morning by the Board of Health, but Attila's gym owner Ian Smith just told Fox... It's a scare tactic, and we have our lawyers on it. Uh, they've been on it since 6 a.m. this morning, and our plan is to handle it and reopen tomorrow. Someone showed up with a gun this morning outside the Naval Air Station in Corpus Christi, Texas. The Navy says that active shooter was neutralized. One security force member was injured. There was a shooting last night in Glendale, Arizona, in a shopping area. Three people wounded, one critically, the gunman taken into custody. America's listening to Fox News. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No, Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. WBG Talk Radio 95.5 Weather from Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. A high risk of rip currents and rough surf continues along the shore today with 5 to 7 foot ocean waves. Weather-wise, though, not too bad. Partly sunny skies, dry weather, and light winds. High of only 61 degrees, though. Another day cooler than normal. Mostly clear tonight. Cool and quiet. Low of 52. And tomorrow we'll see increasing clouds and an increasing chance of scattered rain through the afternoon. High of 67 tomorrow. Scattered showers and clouds Saturday at 70 degrees, drying out for Sunday. I'm Chief Meteorologist. Dan Zarrow on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 
From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thanks very much. We have just a couple of quick minutes. We're going to call this an appetizer with Pete Hegseth. I had a quick moment to just reach out to him, and and I thanked him so much uh, for coming on tomorrow. And we have Governor Murphy that's just a few minutes away. But I wanted to take this opportunity just to bring Pete on, congratulate him on his new book, which is absolutely phenomenal. And Pete's a warrior. This is this is great that I have five minutes with Pete Hegseth because this gives me a chance to say some things that I might not have had a chance tomorrow to do. Pete was a warrior on the battlefield. Now, Pete, check your email because I'm filling in uh, tomorrow for Guy Benson. And I sent you an email because I know your email address because I know the Fox email addresses because I work with you guys on the radio side. And... I sent you a copy of my father's Bronze Star Medal, and I'm going to tell you this man-to-man. I knew you had a great career in the military. I knew you were a hero. I knew of your tours in Iraq, in Afghanistan, Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, prison detention facility, but you never, ever bragged that you had two Bronze Stars and a combat infantryman's badge. Never knew that. So I sent you. If you'll check your email later, Pete, and Pete, it's Harry. Welcome to the program. How you doing? Harry, thank you so much. I look forward to checking that email. Thanks so much for having me. Of course, and I can't wait. So tomorrow we're going to have a really quality interview right at the same time, and I cannot wait because Pete's new book, American Crusade, Our Fight to Stay Free, you really take that warrior mentality from the battlefield and you bring it into the current American experience, don't you, Pete? Very much so. You know, I... That subtitle, Our Fight to Stay Free, boy, doesn't it apply more now than ever? I, this whole manuscript was written before COVID-19, but here we are, and we're, we're fighting against this idea that our rights somehow don't come from God but are given to us by a governor. So, yeah, this is, this is a critical moment, and I, I look forward to listening to your interview with Governor Murphy because I'm sure you saw the update this morning of Attila's gym in Belmar where they've now shut him down. They're arresting members, and... You know, the simple common sense question that guys like me have, and I'm sure you have talked about the same thing, if people can pack a parking lot at Walmart and stand in a football field-sized line and go through the same register, why can't small businesses be responsible, sanitize, and allow, be allowed to make a living in this state and in this country? We have passed the Rubicon on common sense and flattening the curve, and these governors need to wake up to that. Pete, it is such a fair question, and it's on our list. And in fact, I think they got shut down. This is really weird. They got shut down for some kind of toilet violation that paper paper towels evidently stopped up the toilet but they don't have any paper towels at this gym the owner said correct and and they put the notices up in the middle of the night it's some innocuous health regulation that they can't so they're figuring it out with their legal team today and they plan to open up again tomorrow but again it's intimidation quietly they're pulling over gym members when they drive away from the gym so they can be away from the the uh, cameras of the media it's 
they're, they're trying to have their cake and eat it too, shut these guys down without being held accountable for it. Pete, I know we're going to visit at length tomorrow. I do want to tell my listeners uh, the way, and I'm a customer, so I, I appreciate that you're treating me with a lot of respect, Pete, because I am your customer. I bought your book, uh, and I'm a, I'm a Fox Nation member. I could have got it for free. But I bought American Crusade, our fight to stay free, because I want to support you. I want to support the great work that you do. You are, people overuse this word, you are a patriot. I want to underscore something I said. I didn't know until I show prepped over the last two weeks for tomorrow's interview that you had two bronze stars, that you had the, earned the combat infantryman's badge. Uh, and that's why I sent you a copy of my father's bronze star that, that he earned in World War II in an incredible and very dangerous. People died. Uh, my father was shot, and he carried some other people and helped save them. And he was it was – you'll read it. And I sent it to you because I wanted someone – that has served with that level of distinction that earned the bronze star uh, I never served and and I make that very very clear but I'm the son of an absolute hero who was part of the greatest generation that saved the world and Pete I gotta tell you you're a throwback to that generation well we stand on their shoulders God bless your father and what he's done We're we're all just part of a long line of patriots who love this country and we'll fight for it till our last dying breath. Pete, when you wrote this book, uh, was it a tough write? Uh, what what was the process like to write American Crusade: Our Fight to Stay Free? And I know, obviously, you wrote it before the pandemic, but doesn't it fit in like like you knew it was coming? Yeah, absolutely. It was a passion project. Uh, it it really was, Harry. It was a sense that our our. Our nation is at a crossroads. Donald Trump has charted the court. He's taught us how to fight. Um, we need to win again in 2020, but the stakes are so much bigger than that. Our educational systems, our culture, our media, Hollywood, they've all been infected by leftism, which is antithetical to Americanism, which is what the president represents, which is what we're talking about, founding principles of, of individual liberty and, 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 uh, and equal justice. And ultimately, if we don't return to that and find a way to educate kids about that, we're going to lose our country. So I think you'll, you'll find out a lot about how, how successful the left has been in taking over our, our institutions, but what we as American crusaders can do. It's not for the meek or the mild, but what we can do to take our country back. Pete, in two minutes that we have, and tomorrow I wouldn't have a chance to get into this, I want to ask you what you think about this federal judge that actually decided to be a prosecutor, go outside the boundaries of his own oath of office, his own position, to not just sign that simple uh, document that was prepared for him that would have ended four years of utter injustice for a three-star lieutenant general that served his country for 32 years and has prolonged it now with this fake charade of this friend of the court who's going to recommend perhaps perjury charges. You and I both know that's never happening. But isn't this outrageous? Of course it is. I mean, viva la, la resistance. I mean, this is the, the, the Trump, Trump derangement syndrome living on in the last gasp of what they can do to try to uh, cover up and continue the facade that was Russiagate, that was Mueller, that was impeachment. This judge sees himself as the, as the last extension of that. It won't stand. Uh, and, you know, Mike Flynn, you talk about military history. Mike, I was one year old when Mike Flynn raised his right hand to become a second lieutenant. Wow. This guy's been serving our country my entire life. Uh, they went after him because he was so dangerous to their agenda, not to this country. 
What do you think about the fact, I know we only have about a minute, but what do you think about the fact that uh, all these people, the I call them scoundrels, because when you have a high level of public trust placed in you and you run a campaign for four years that President Trump is a Russian asset, that President Trump uh, colluded with Russia and all this stuff that they did, but yet now, thank God, Grinnell declassified all this stuff. Yep. Now we find out they lied to us. For years, but the one time they needed to tell the truth, when they were at risk of penalty, they said that there was no collusion, there was no Russian asset. I mean, what a what a scam has been played upon us. Yeah, worse than that, they are the Russian agents. Yeah, they're the Russian misinformers. They're the ones who knew it wasn't true, and they knew Russia was spinning it, and they knew they couldn't verify it, and yet they ran with it anyway because they hated Trump more than they hated the truth, and they played right into Russia's hands. Pete Hexath, do me a favor, please read my father's Bronze Star Medal so we can regale it. tomorrow at this time. Okay. I look forward to it. I look forward to tomorrow. See you tomorrow, Pete. Congratulations. See ya. Bye bye, Pete Hexath. And when we come back, that's fantastic. Remember, there's no accidents. That was meant to be. Pete, hold on. I'll say goodbye off air. When we come back, New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy is next. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. From the world's playground, this is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. The man is never late, I got to tell you. I'm Hurley. I always say, always Hurley, never late. He's Murphy, never late. Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome back to our program the Honorable Phil Murphy, Governor of New Jersey. Governor, welcome, sir. Nice to be back with you, Harry. How are you doing, all right? I'm doing great. And this was really not on the top of my list, but obviously it's breaking as we, we talk. So let's just get it out there and over. This whole Attilus Jim thing in Belmar, uh, what are your thoughts? They're just going to keep opening every day, and, and obviously it's, it's escalating, and now the Board of Health, paper towels in the toilet, all kinds of stuff. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I won't just because this is an unfolding matter. I, I won't comment, Harry, if it's okay on the specifics of of that uh, particular f- facility, that particular business. I just make a couple of general points though, that are important. Uh, we've taken a whole lot of steps uh, already to begin to open the state up. I think responsibly. You know, we opened county and state parks a few weeks ago. We've got non-essential construction, elective surgery, uh, non-essential retail curbside this weekend beaches on the shore, which is a big one. The inside stuff is harder, and, and folks have to understand that the virus uh, is still out there. We're still hospitalizing you know, a couple of hundred folks or more a day, uh, and, and, the, and the indoors lack of ventilation, plo- close proximity, sedentary, if any of those words describe something, we'll get there. So we're going to get there on gyms. We'll get there on, on restaurants. Assuming we keep making progress, we'll get there. But we're just not there yet. So it doesn't sound redundant. I want to highlight, obviously, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, tomorrow it begins. In your estimation, in terms of what's open versus what you see coming back next, your thoughts, Governor? Yeah, we're going to make some news today, Harry. I, I, uh, at our press conference, as well as tomorrow, we'll, we'll be doing another a heavy dose of outdoor stuff. 
So stuff that's outside is a lot easier for us to deal with. Uh, we're not doing everything today, but we're going to take a whole bunch more steps in the next couple of days. I think things that we're not doing yet, for the most part, and I'm not going to say everything, but for the most part, it's a matter of weeks. So this is a matter of weeks, not months. And importantly, again, the predicate here is with you know the, the fatalities. It's hard to believe we've lost 10,747 precious lives, which, which is just takes your breath away. But the, fat, the the other predictive data is all going in the right direction. The only caveat, Harry, is that continues to need to be the case. We need to continue to see good data, and with the good data, we'll make we'll we'll, we'll keep opening up. Let me share an area where I've had your back, Governor, and and I knew what you were doing when you extended your executive order because that you had allowed it to expire. You extended it. I reminded people that the extension of that didn't mean that everything stays closed for the length of of time that you extended it because I reminded folks that in the first executive order you opened certain things while it was going on so that was not a lot of people just the knee-jerk reaction was oh my god I'm shut in completely and nothing's gonna change for 30 more days that was never the case and I felt confident taking your side on that one yeah Harry you got it as usual you got it exactly right that's ex- you, you said it better than i could this isn't uh, a life sentence this is an, oh, oh my god we're 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 chained in for another 30 days this is something that needs frankly it's it's more of of a honestly a clerical issue you need to re up the health emergency or declaration every 30 days or it expires on its own and so we just did that to, to because that's that that allows us to continue to do a lot of the things we're doing but if we can open something up and we don't think it's jumping the gun. We're going to continue to open things up. We are visiting with New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy, 19 minutes past the hour. Governor Murphy, you can make me a hero today. I'm a former casino executive. You know you know where I'm going. Uh, the yep. Every casino president in Atlantic City and probably in other jurisdictions, I know for a fact, are listening right now to our interview yep. in real time. Uh, they desperately want the casinos open. Uh, I've talked to the highest level people. They have met with the best infectious disease people that you can ever imagine. They're the hot, most regulated industry probably in the country, if not certainly in our state, but probably in the country. They desperately need to open, and they need two weeks of ramp up they need two weeks advance notice so that they can get ready to open you can make me a hero governor murphy can you declare that the casinos will be opening in the very near future understanding that it would have to be done with social distancing and disinfection please make me a hero I, I love you, and I would love nothing more than to do that. But I, I, I would also, I can't say something that would be irresponsible if I don't feel like I've got the conviction that I need to say it. And you know this because you, you've been in the in the business. Um, first of all, it's a huge game changer in our economy, and it's a huge game changer in the lives of literally tens of thousands of people out there, uh, either folks who have lost their jobs or family members, neighbors, uh, the, 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 the mom and pop, uh, even takeout places that aren't getting the business that they would have been getting. So I would love nothing more, not only to make you a hero, but to say we're ready to go. We're just not there yet. Will we get there? Yes. It's got, it's got attributes that are, are challenging. And, and you know this, but it, it's indoors. You, you can't open the windows. It's largely sedentary, close proximity. Those, that's a, that means, that those elements make it a hard nut to crack as it relates to 
to to this virus. Which, how, which, how, Governor, how tough is your executive um, decision making play into the fact that at some point to save the patient? We kill the state. We kill the industry. There, there comes a point in time, and I happen to know this as a fact, that if we don't act, there will be casinos that will they'll go under. They'll founder. Yeah. Well, we've already seen what that looks like, too, Harry, come out of the last, the Great Recession. And uh, we were just Atlantic City, and I don't need to say this to anybody who lives the reality because they know it. It's their lives. Atlantic City, we had finally just basically gotten back over the past year or two on its feet. Uh, and so we know that that took in itself eight to ten years. So the consequences are are huge. Look at ho- not, not just job loss, but home foreclosures that came out yeah. of the Great yeah. Recession. Here's the problem, though, is if we transpose the steps. So we always say public health creates economic health, uh, which guides us in this in this crisis. If we jump the gun or we transpose those steps, my fear is that we have not only reignited our public health crisis, but that the economic hole will be ultimately even deeper. So I'm not going to wait a day longer. I promise you, anyone who's listening out there, we're not just waiting willy-nilly on this. We want to get things going as fast as we can, but we've got to do it responsibly so that we don't end up with an even bigger problem. Governor Murphy, fair comment. I beg your indulgence for one other follow-up on this, and then we'll go to some other ground. Please, The, please. the, the Atlantic City casinos... Are you willing to say that they are weeks and not a month or months away from coming back online? I don't want to. I don't want to marry myself. I hope it's that, Harry. I hope it's that. I'll, I'll leave it at that. It's something that we're taking extremely seriously. Again, indoor stuff when you can't open the windows is really hard, and I just I can't. And I'm not just. That's not. This is relying on medical data, science, health facts. It's just the viruses. It ravages those sorts of spaces. So, uh, listen, here's one there's, there's several pieces of good news, but here's something that you haven't asked about, but which is a big potential game changer. Even compared to the last time I was on with you, the testing reality in our state, the contact tracing reality in our state is light years different than it was, and it will be light years different than, again, six, eight weeks from now, meaning we're now testing, we've got the capacity uh, to test at least 20,000 people a day. That number will continue to go up. Uh, We contact trace. What's that mean? If we find out that you or I test positive, we've immediately built an army with technology to figure out who you or I were in contact with so we can quickly isolate uh, the infection and not have it running rampant uh, in the, in the community. Th- that reality will make a big difference in our confidence on steps like casinos, and that's that's a a big asset we didn't have even last time I was on the phone with you. Thank you for that update, Governor Murphy. Governor Murphy, with respect, I guess from the frying pan into the fire, the senior living home scenario and the fact that half of our deaths are in the senior living homes. Uh, and, of course, people have been critical because COVID-19 people put in there and then more people got it and also got sick and some died. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? Listen, it's the, 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 the overall thought. It's, it's, it's the tragedy within the tragedy, yeah. and it's not just New Jersey. It's the sure. country, but it yeah. certainly is New Jersey. And, and, and Harry, when you, when you roll the clock back, uh, first of all, we talk about heroic health care workers, and I think people – their default um, uh, thought is that that means folks in hospitals, which it does, 
it also means the one the folks who are going into long-term care facilities every day they've been extraordinary here's what happened early on uh some of those folks had the virus and they were asymptomatic and didn't know they had it they went into again a closed environment older folks many of them with what they call comorbidities, in other words, other underlying health issues, and this is like dry wood in a forest fire. And so that's the, it's just run rampant through long-term care facilities in New Jersey and, and around the country. Um, so we, didn't, we, 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 we were not only not prepared as a nation in terms of the protective equipment and the ventilators and the testing and all the stuff I just talked about, um, but we also didn't sit in our hands. So we were, we, we, we've thrown everything we can at this. I think there's a, there's a misconception, although I, this is a, a, an industry, Harry, with operators who I will be charitable and say have had an extremely uneven performance. I would not say that about our hospital systems. Our hospital systems, for the most part, have been A+. That doesn't mean they've been perfect, but they've been extraordinary. That is not the case in long-term care. There's an incredible unevenness in terms of the actual operation of facilities. So when, when patients were sent in, uh, when the health, the, the commissioner of health said you, you should take folks in, that was under very strict circumstances. You, number one, you had to cohort. But what's that mean? You had to separate folks literally into different wings, different parts of your operation, in some cases different buildings. You had to have the proper personal protective equipment and, 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 and attest to that uh, and the proper protocols, etc. In, in some cases, that turned out to be true. In other cases, unfortunately and sadly, it didn't. Um, and so we've thrown everything from the National Guard. The Attorney General's doing an investigation on some of these places. Uh, we've got an outside uh, national recognized team that's come in for about the past month to help us. Um, there, there have been 4,000-something blessed souls lost. We're also, there's probably several hundred thousand people still associated with long-term care, either residents or staff. Uh, and we're, we're working 24-7 to keep as many of them alive as possible as we speak. Governor Murphy, what can you say, because I know this will be very helpful, and I'm sure they're all listening as well. Meet AC, yep. which you know is our Convention and Visitors Bureau. Obviously, the Convention Center is part hospital right now. When do yep. you see that not being necessary? And then we know there's a period of time to disinfect and to get it back so that then Meet AC can sell Atlantic City again. What can you do yep. to give them an update? Yeah, so this, Harry, you asked the best question. So um, we, we have something called the road to recovery, and there are six steps on it. I'll skip the first five. Four of them are health-related. The sixth one is resiliency. What does that mean? Well, it means certainly it means addressing the awful inequities that w- this virus is exposed, particularly across racial lines. I'm going to put that aside for a moment. Resiliency means as a nation, and, and by definition, therefore, New Jersey entered this pandemic uh, without remotely the assets that we needed at our disposal. So what we've, that includes bed capacity, importantly to your question, PPE, ventilators, medicines, uh, the relief pitchers in healthcare, the folks who have signed up to volunteer to come in and help. We're committed to not seeing this movie twice. Mm. In other words, if this comes back, and, and Harry, if we do everything perfectly, folks listening should realize it may well come back no matter what how good a job we do uh, we want to be more prepared than we were last time so my specific answer on atlantic city without giving you a date uh, is the following look up at the 
the example that Secaucus, uh, we've, we've seen at the Meadowlands Exposition Center. We closed that up about 10 days ago, and we put those beds into, uh, and, the, and the infrastructure associated with it, basically into reserve, into our own, if you will, stockpile. The same thing will happen in Atlantic City. I can't give you a date, but that's the path that will travel. The virus did migrate. I want to make sure we, I said this on the last time we were together. It migrated from the greater New York part of New Jersey into the central, into the south. And while there are fewer per capita residents in the south, we also have lesser hospital and healthcare infrastructure. So we're not going to jump the gun on Atlantic City. We want to make sure we get that that timing right to make sure we're not we're not in need of those beds. Governor Murphy, so I respect our time. Do you have time for one more question, or do you need to jump? Absolutely, Harry. Thank you, sir. Governor Phil Murphy continues, and we're on bonus time now, overtime. I want to com- I want to commend you. I-, I said it the other day in an interview that I did with the Atlantic City Board of Education president. I commended you. You made the absolute right decision to shut the schools down and continue remote learning for the school year. There was just nothing to be gained. Uh, complexities with transportation, students' yep. proximity, and imagine little ones with masks, all kinds of things for a month or something. So it was the right call. However, what we don't know is what's in the mind of our Governor Phil Murphy with respect to September and students going back to school. Yep. What what do your what does your gut tell you? Are we going to be remote learning for a next school year or a part of a next school year or going back into the classroom? So here's my gut without, again, marrying myself because it's, I want to make sure we, we, we close schools responsibly. I want to reopen them responsibly with the same, same level of, of care because uh, these are our most precious assets, our kids. If I had to give you my gut right now, Harry, uh, and we'll, I've said, I said, I think, yesterday, we're going to give folks guidance in the next sort of two or three weeks for, for educators, parents, kids, administrators. Um, I, I want to I have schools open. Um, now, what that looks like, too early to tell, but my bias is particularly if we continue to make progress on the health metrics, I want to be open for business. I want to do it right. Um, I'm, I'm probably, if you said to me, what am I most concerned about right now? It would be un, unwitting passing of the virus uh, from an asymptomatic young person to a more at-risk uh, educator or administrator. So trying to figure out how we, uh, we lessen the risk of that happening is probably one of the biggest pieces of this. Uh, but my bias in my gut tells me right now I want to be open for school. It won't, it won't look, it'll, it'll be different. Um, but I'd like, I'd like to be back open for business. We've got the number one public education system in America. It's our crown jewel. Uh, I, w- I want us to be open for business, but we've got to do it right, and we have to continue to make the progress we've made. Governor, I have to squeeze this in because so many listeners right now, listeners of faith, they want to go back yep. into their churches. They've been doing everything yep. they can do distance, but I yep. interviewed a phenomenal pastor in our marketplace, lead pastor, a fresh church, uh, fresh start church in our area, Pastor Tim Chambers, and he taught me something yesterday. He said, uh, "Harry, churches are no longer essential; churches are quintessential." When can Boy, people? I, love that. I do too. I wrote it. I took yeah. notes. I, I said I the same that. thing. I said the same thing too. Yeah. I said, "I love that." Uh, when will you allow people to go back to house of worships and pray? They want you to say yes. They want to disinfect. Yep. They want to bring people in with limited numbers, have social distancing. Yep. When can you say yes? Yeah, I hope soon on that. So we've already allowed drive-through 
and drive-in services as of last week. We're going to make some announcements today, one of which addresses outdoor uh, gatherings for faith and for other reasons. We're constantly, and by the way, this is, this. We, we always say communities of faith have more in common than not. I've never seen it more the case in this yeah. respect because we're hearing from every faith yeah. that they want to get back open, uh, I hope sooner than later. Again, it's inside, uh, it's sedentary, those are, those are bad data points, but it's quintessential. I love that word. Uh, we, we're working with folks to get to, to get to yes, I just can't tell you when. Final comment, I know, I know it's time for you to go. I, no I I appreciate it, Governor. Governor Murphy is with us. Uh, I've enjoyed having your back, and I'm just wondering, as time goes on, we haven't become Michigan yet. There, there's a little bit with the, the, the gym and some other acts of civil disobedience, but we haven't become Michigan where it's yep. out of control. Do you worry, are you concerned that you can lose the support of New Jerseyans the longer you keep them shut in? Yeah. Harry, I'll leave. I'll leave you with this. This is not a, uh, and I've never viewed it this way, uh, a popularity contest. So I don't really the the, the protest per se of folks. Uh, they have a right protest. I don't begrudge that. I do begrudge uh, uh, a couple of things. One is congregating uh, and possibly infecting each other, and maybe their mom and dad uh, or grandparents. Uh, and secondly, putting themselves at risk by doing something that we are avowedly of the opinion is a risky health step. So that's that does concern me. The protests per se don't concern me. I think this is this is how I think about it. If we continue to make the the health care progress that we've made. We've made an enormous. New Jerseyans have been overwhelmingly doing the right thing. We've got the best performance if you look at the flattening of the curve of any American state. and It's a huge tribute to every single person out there. If we continue that for a few more weeks, an overwhelming amount of this state is going to be open for business and the, and the rationale to protest will go away. we just got to continue to make progress. If we do, we'll continue to open, and uh, and God willing, we'll get back to some kind of a new normal, and, 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 and we'll look back on this and say no state, not surprisingly, but no state performed like New Jersey. Governor Phil Murphy, I just want to say in closing, I really um, appreciate and respect the rapport that you and I have been able to establish. Same here, Harry. I really love coming on. Let's keep doing this. Thank you, Governor. Be well. Stay safe. Take care, sir. Stay healthy. You too. Thank you, sir. You Happy Memorial Day to everybody. God bless our veterans. Thank you, Governor. Take care. And thanks for the extra time. All right, we'll be back. When we come back, uh, a very dear friend, a longtime friend, and my former boss, Roger Wagner, is going to join us. If you're uh, a follower of the casino industry, you know the name Bucky Howard because Bucky Howard is one of those that he's in the pantheon of legends in the casino industry. And it just so happens that I had the pleasure, Chuck Malamut could say this as well, I had the pleasure of opening the Golden Nugget Hotel and Casino in my areas of responsibility uh, with Bucky Howard, who was the first casino manager. He later took on much loftier titles, but of course, uh, especially with Steve Wynn, if you were the hotel manager or you were the casino manager, I mean, you were you were big time on Steve Wynn's radar, any owner. And Bucky Howard was the first casino manager at the Golden Nugget Hotel and Casino in Atlantic City, which was the most profitable casino in the history of the world at the time. That relatively small footprint at Boston and Pacific, Boston and the Boardwalk, 
And then, of course, Steve Wynn bought every single thing like Walt Disney did all the way down to the bay over several blocks. But we're going to regale about the life, the career of Bucky Howard. And, of course, I'm going to bring Roger into the fact that here we are, the first Memorial Day weekend in 42 years. And the slot machines are silent, the table games are empty, and the casinos are closed. It's almost like an apocalyptic-type movie. We'll be back. I hope you appreciate the uh, the time, and I appreciate Governor Murphy giving us a good five extra minutes than we had planned on. And uh, I did as I always do. I did my best to ask the questions that I know are front of mind. And look, there's so many you know I couldn't get to. There were real estate issues I wanted to get to. So many different questions. But I thought we covered a great deal in 20 minutes. We'll be back in just a few minutes. People all over the Jersey Shore have found the easiest way to stay connected to South Jersey's talk station. It's the WPG Talk Radio app. Read free South Jersey news. Listen to your favorite talk shows. Send us pics and videos when you see breaking news. Wake up with the alarm clock feature and win cool prizes in the 1450 Club. It's all just a tap away with the WPG Talk Radio app. Download it now at WPGTalkRadio.com. For the latest coronavirus news, open the WPG Talk Radio app now. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. I just said this to the great Roger Wagner, so let me say it to all of you. I said, what a treat for me, our governor of New Jersey and my former boss, Roger Wagner, uh, for today's final hour of our program. Uh, A real treat for me. And uh, Roger, I have, oh, I'm, I'm deluge from Ed Klein to all kinds of people telling me, please say hello to Roger, please say hello to Roger. I'm going to be up till 10 o'clock tonight uh, writing people uh, that, that I said hello to you for them. Uh, so, Roger, you know you have a lot of fans in this area. Uh, full disclosure, and I've been saying it throughout the morning, uh, advertising that Roger would be here. My former boss, Roger, is the former president and chief executive officer of Trump Castle Casino Resort by the Bay. And he took a three-diamond, three-star property and took it to the fourth, which is very tough to do in any jurisdiction, but especially so in Atlantic City when you're talking about the type of volume that we did that we dealt with. Uh, Roger also has a wide spectrum of observation as it relates to Bucky Howard, and Roger is also aware that, that Bucky and I, we were on the team that opened up the Golden Nugget uh, when Bucky Howard was the first casino manager for Steve Wynn. Steve Wynn could have picked anybody. Think about that. And he picked Bucky Howard, who presided over the most profitable casino in the history of the world at the time, this little footprint at Boston and Pacific Avenue, the Golden Nugget Hotel and Casino. Joining us now, my former boss, Roger Wagner. Hey, Roger, welcome back. Hey, good morning, Harry. Thanks for giving me a little time to... uh talk about Bucky this morning. You know, our industry lost a special person to a long battle with cancer. and uh, He was 81 years old. Many of your older listeners and you yourself, as you said, worked with Bucky from day one. He started there in 1980, I think, at the Golden Nugget. And uh, yeah. I didn't have the pleasure of working with Bucky until 1992 when Donald Trump uh, allowed me to transfer him back from the tie to the castle where he helped us lead a, lead a turnaround to the castle as you discussed. Uh, 
Before uh, I called today, I reached out to Glenn Lilly and Joe Giuliano and several other people who worked with Bucky, you know, at six casinos he worked, and twice at the castle. Uh, I wanted a little additional color on, on this icon, and uh, I thought what Phil Giuliano said, I'll, I'll paraphrase it, Bucky Howard was an inspiration to all the young guys and gals from the East as he represented the coolest, hippest guy who came to Atlantic City from Vegas. He became the Pied Piper of Atlantic City as every guy who wanted to be somebody in the casino business wanted to be like Bucky. He understood the boardroom, and he understood the avid gambler. He understood the political heavyweights, and he understood the break-in dealer. In the early days of Atlantic City, he defined effective leadership to the ordinary Joe and Jane who was starting in the business with a wonder in their heads that said, what the hell did I get myself into? <laughs> and the answer the answer was, talk to Bucky. You know, Bucky worked at the Golden Nugget, then the Playboy, the Tropicana. That's where he worked with Glenn. He uh, worked with Ivana Trump and Donald at the Castle, mm-hmm. and then he moved over to the showboat, uh, opened the Taj, and for a period of time he was the president and chief operating officer at the Taj, and then he transferred over to the Castle and helped us turn that around in 1992. He was uh, uh, quite a guy, and I got to know him greater when he he moved to Vegas and kind of semi-retired. And uh, about four months ago, he and his wife, Trina, and uh, and his uh, sister-in-law, Donnie Sack, uh, all came over for dinner at our house. And uh, it was, it was a, a nice get-together. And uh, unfortunately, it was, in my case, to go, I guess, to goodbye because I haven't seen him. I've been sequestered in Florida for three months. But uh, we were lucky to have Bucky in our lives, and uh, I just wanted to give him a little tribute. Roger, let me get our last break in. Then we're going to be uninterrupted until six minutes past the top of the hour. And I put out a question in advance of your arrival where I put Bucky Howard in the pantheon of casino executives. And I don't say that lightly. You're in there. There's no question that you are in there, your pedigree, what you did at the Claridge, what you did at Trump Castle, uh, and I was part of your team. I know what we had to do during your first weekend at the Trump Castle. Uh, it was incredible what you did, and of course what you've done in Vegas and, and in your consulting business uh, all over the country and the world. So I put very few people in this pantheon of casino executives that are just at the top and I want to ask you, what about Bucky Howard that you believe puts him in, in what I'm calling the pantheon, the Hall of Fame, if you will, of top casino executives? And it, beyond just being a casino uh, manager, being a top flight hotel casino executive president. We'll be back with Roger Wagner. Uh, Alan Angeloni says hello. About 1,500 other people say hello. There, I did it. We'll be back. Don't go away. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and WPGTalkRadio.com. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie-cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie-cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? 
No, Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ 97.3, HD3 Millville. Thank you very much. Hurley in the morning at uh, 10 minutes before the top of the hour. That gives us 16 minutes uninterrupted until Brian Kilmeade, and we're going to take full advantage of it with my former boss. I have to say, and and, and um, Roger knows my affinity with Chuck Malamut. Chuck Malamut, I was his protege and all. So Roger Wagner, other than Chuck, who's like a brother to me, and I worked for a lot of people. I worked for Dietrich Mayring. I worked for Christian Mari. I worked for Susan Rainey. I worked for Kim Corrigan, um, Barry Cregan. Uh, I could keep going on and on and on and on. I had a new boss every six months for 12 years. Roger Wagner was the best and the fairest and made you feel good about yourself, empowered you to make decisions. I was about 30 years old. When I, I'm 29, I guess, or 30 when I worked for Roger, and he didn't want you to mess up, but enabled you to grow and to make decisions and supported you. And we were working, obviously, for a, a very good but a very tough boss in uh, President Trump. And I'll tell you, uh, I grew so much under my time with Roger Wagner. Let me read something to you, Roger, that um, our mutual friend, Kirk Conover, and I have so many text messages I can't even find it now. Our mutual friend Kirk Conover wrote, and I could not agree with it more. And I know, Roger, you know Kirk. Kirk wrote at 11 minutes past nine that Roger was the smartest casino executive I ever met, unabashed intelligence with a humble approach. And I mentioned uh, a similar comment earlier about you, Roger, where I mentioned that you had a way about you where the employees loved you. In most cases, if employees just absolutely love someone, there may be a problem because they might not be doing a good enough job in, in a certain way. But you never cheated uh, your owner or your boss or your property, but you still found a way to treat employees with love and respect and dignity. And no matter where you were, Roger, people wanted to work with you. Uh, so I, I echo Assemblyman Conover's sentiment about you. That's a That was a very high compliment that he paid to you. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful for that. And I, I got to say, you know, in, in honoring Bucky, he, he was also a people person. He valued his employees. He valued his... Uh, his coworkers and his customers, and he and he tried to go high end with everybody and kept the employees high end, and that's why he was able. Every time a new casino opened, the ownership would try to lure him away, and he made more money doing it each time. But he drew he he drew a, a big amount of employees and customers to the next property that he moved to. True, and you know he, he was just uh, he was just a, a superstar. 
in in the gaming business and you know in our early days hey roger you just proved what i said about you and what kirk said about you how humble because we we tried to make this about you for just one minute you pivoted like like a maestro right back to bucky but you are right about that the great ones and look you you had a book you went to a property people came to a property because you were there as the president uh, that is sometimes true, but as you know, in many properties, the president really isn't a business development officer at all, just a CEO that does a great job, sure, but uh, you had a book because people loved, if you were at Claridge, they came, you were at Claridge, you were at, the, at the, the Trump Castle, they came to the Trump Castle, and you're right about that, Bucky had that uh, Midas touch where he went. The players, and you know this, Roger, and, and I, I hope it's still this way, but I'm a relic in the casino industry for, because I've been doing this the past 28 years. But when I left, I saw that great loyalty that either a VP of player development or a casino manager or when you have the right president, there is a fierce loyalty with players who will follow you basically no matter where you go, right? Yeah, and, you know, and that still exists today even though the the, the corporate uh, ideals have kind of implanted them uh, you know, greater in, a, in our industry although this pandemic is going to make the cream come to the top I think, yeah as we pull out of it <laughs> let, uh, let me give you a final comment I mentioned uh, I put Bucky Howard on the Mount Rushmore pantheon of great ones uh, there is a place for Wagner as well but that's not to, not for us to talk about yet. You got a lot more to do. Uh, what is it about Bucky Howard, if you agree with me, that he's in that pantheon, that Hall of Fame caliber? Well, you know, I think I, I think he's in there. He was a, a, a great casino guy in Las Vegas as he was growing up, but he was an Atlantic City guy. He, he transferred from Las Vegas to Atlantic City and became. Atlantic City guy, and that's where he excelled, and he, he helped grow that industry uh, when uh, Steve Wynn was there, when the Playboy came in, Arnie Fleischman, and uh, then over with Ivana and, and Donald, and, and, and uh, he did a hell of a job at the showboat, for sure, with Phil Giuliano and that group, and, uh, and we got lucky after the Taj, uh, getting him back to the castle. Uh, and uh, he he really helped us out. He drew a lot of people and a lot of customers, and he was just a, a a good guy in the business. Roger, in terms of Atlantic City, and I'll get in specifically into the pandemic and what you see in the future. This holds at the longer that that, for example, the Atlantic City jurisdiction stays closed. Uh, this is this is getting very very close to a tipping point where we could lose people, and that's. Um, I don't mean lives. We we can lose lives because of a, a potentially deadly disease, but we could we could lose like we did during the Great uh, Recession and the the Great Contraction that we experienced when Atlantic City had the highest unemployment rate in the country, highest home foreclosure rate in the country, and you followed it as 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 we did uh, one casino after the other uh, that that were um, foundering until we right-sized. And then, of course, things were great until all of a sudden uh, COVID-19. What is it about Atlantic City? Because you've worked the Atlantic City jurisdiction, you've worked, worked Las Vegas, you've worked with clients from all over the world. What is different about Atlantic City from the gaming hotel casino perspective as compared to Vegas, Connecticut, 
uh, Macau, anywhere else in the world, riverboats, you know, here, there, uh, Louisiana, elsewhere. What is it about Atlantic City that that you believe could, in fact, be uniquely different? Well, Atlantic City is, is not Vegas, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and Vegas became, uh, it evolved so that it wasn't dependent on gaming as much. It was more dependent on selling rooms and shows and expensive drinks. Atlantic City, you know, was criticized maybe for not moving in that direction, but right now that may be its salvation in that it's only uh, a tank of gas away from uh, 50 million people. It, if, if the other states let them leave their states, obviously, but yeah. uh, you've, you've got uh, people are going to be afraid to get on an airplane for a while to travel, and uh, will, they will get in their cars and will come to Atlantic City. Now, Hopefully there will be enough things open that you can you can have people come to town because there's a show or there's a bar or there's a restaurant. But I think you're going to see these casinos go after the very high end of their database in the beginning because their their facilities are going to be very limited as they open up, and you can lose more money being open than closed if you don't have enough volume and enough revenue because you got to put on a a certain amount of minimum people, especially under in the gaming area where the, the law tells you what you have to have and in place in many in many cases and many of the regional areas for sure. But if we go after the high end, you know, we you open up a blackjack table with with uh, three positions, you got to have a fifty dollar minimum to make the thing work. How many fifty dollar betters are there? You know, you got to have the the top ten percent of your of your database generates eighty. 80% of your of your revenue, and I think these properties will start focusing on that in the beginning. You're going to have limited restaurant facilities and bars and you know health clubs and all those things are going to be closed. Why would you want to drive 450 miles to Atlantic City if all you could do is play a blackjack game with three people, you know, and there's no nothing else open? The, maid, the maids aren't there to clean your rooms, and uh, I think there's going to be a lot of problems bringing employees back while we're paying them more to be out of work. But, you know, this is a pretty creative country, and uh, the capitalism kind of works pretty good for us overall. What would you do, and I I still know that people bend your ear all the time asking for the great Roger Wagner's advice. Those just joining us, Roger Wagner, casino legend, is our guest for the remainder of today's program. What would you do as a president and CEO getting ready to ramp up and reopen in a new normal that is bizarre by any comparison. We would have nothing to compare it to. I mentioned the blackjack table that instead of seven players might have three, one at first base, one at third base, one in the middle, cards getting literally washed uh, every, who knows, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 60 minutes, who knows. Uh, What are your thoughts about that? Well, I think we're going to have to follow the politicians that are going to set the rules. They don't even know how the thing works, but they set the rules. Uh, they have doctors that help them, but the doctors know nothing about economics and how, how to run a business. As I said earlier, if you don't have enough revenue, you're going to lose more money open than you are closed. But the place they're going to open up, you know, we, we, we all have looked at how much cash do we have. You know, I'm on the board of El Dorado Gaming. We're buying Caesars. We own the Tropicana in Atlantic City. And... We've, we've we've stuffed enough cash in the can that we can last for a year. 
uh, if we manage our cash properly, but we can't go in and open up something and lose more money, uh, we'll, we'll run out of cash faster. But we've we got to get some places open, and we've got to start test driving, and the politicians have to see what is going on. The doctors have to see, oh, you know, this is working. Florida is a great example. I've been there sequestered for three months. We, I was on the beach. I was in my kayak. I was going to dinner the last two weeks before at the restaurants before I got uh, in my motor home and headed back to Las Vegas now. But I got, I got to say, I don't know one person in the last 90 days personally that has COVID. I haven't met anybody. I don't know anybody. And I... You know, I party a lot, and I didn't stop partying. <laughs> I like the way you said that. I like the way you said that. I can imagine you would be so frustrated because you hit it right. You know, I hear you talk about EBITDA, and you talk about economies of scale and all these smart things, and, and, yet, and that great brain of yours, Roger. And if you're looking at being told, hey, you can open after you're shut down for two or three months and, and just hemorrhaging cash, no revenue, uh, all kinds of issues, and we know in different circumstances people have a certain amount of debt to serve and all kinds of problems. And then you can open at 50%, and then when you're opening at 50%, you're cut another uh, umpteen different ways because you can only have, if, if you, who knows, if Capriccio restaurant at resorts could hold uh, 200 people, now you get told it can hold 100 people. I mean, it gets very, very tough to even open the doors or keep the doors open, right? Right, that's why I think you know we've got to test it. And we got to we got to go out there and try. And you know, in the case of Vegas, MGM's going to open only two properties of their eight. Caesars is going to only open two properties of their seven, uh, and they're going to test drive it and then see what's happening before they bring the rest of the people back. We got to make sure we can get the people back to do the work because if you pay somebody's making twelve, thirteen dollars an hour and they're getting twenty-one dollars an hour to be out of work, why would they want to come back to work? And, uh, you know, you can try to cut off their unemployment, but the way the politicians are in this day and age, they'll just uh, say, well, just tell you that you're fearful of COVID, and they'll let you stick, they'll let you stay on unemployment for another 30 weeks. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's a real tough yeah, situation. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen just as you say. What do you see as the short-term and long-term future of the casino industry will we'll be parochial and say Atlantic City for starters and then anything else you'd like to share uh, outside of this jurisdiction well I, I, I think it'll eventually get back to normal eventually we'll get a vaccine but we may struggle with a lot of screwball rules for uh, a period of time and you know some states are going to be screwier than others but uh, you know I think Las Vegas is going to have the toughest recovery because they're dependent on air travel for 60% of their customer volume. Atlantic City, I think, will will fare a little better as they get things open. Uh, I, I have a little... Uh, Do you th- Roger, go back a half a step, and we're down to two minutes, not even a minute and a half. I heard Oscar Goodman's sister, I never remember her name, but of course, I'll never forget Oscar Goodman, uh, or his wife, rather, uh, the mayor of Las Vegas. They look like they're ready to be very aggressive more aggressive than maybe Atlantic City will allowed, be allowed to, to do. But you do raise a good point about the air travel, although I think people will fly because the rates are going to be incredible. I think they will fly. But anyhow, closing comment, about a minute. Yeah, uh, Carol, Carolyn Goodman made the comment that we should get open, and of course she's been rebuked uh, severely oh, by yeah. both the press, Trashed. the press and 
and the governor Sisolak in the state of uh, Nevada. Uh, but you know, forty-six percent of Nevada's budget is is fueled by taxes from the gaming industry, sales tax and gaming tax. They got to get that state open. They haven't laid off one single government employee yet, but they have lost thirty-six percent of their revenue. Wow. Uh, Economics is going to control this thing in the end. I believe we'll we'll get a we'll get a, uh, a vaccine and we'll get back in business. Uh, eventually, it may take a couple of years, but we will get back in business. And the strong will survive, and an awful lot of people are going to go broke. Ah, oh, boy! Uh, you, you ask Roger a question, you get an honest answer. Roger Wagner, first, thanks for the uh, remembrances about Bucky Howard, the late great Bucky Howard, and always an honor to speak to you, my former boss. Let's keep in touch. Be safe. Very th- Live from the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox and Friends, it's America's receptive voice, Brian Kilmeade. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show. Appreciate you being here. 1 866 408 7669. It's going to be a big hour as we come to you from New York. A place that has uh, really been shut down, locked down, while the numbers go down. And it's really infuriating. Uh, also, Chris Wallace is going to be with us shortly. Jim Rastenberger is going to be with us as well. We're in a great uh, history book, just looking, uh, looking back at an American you don't know enough about. I think it's time to look back at these great Americans and look at history, too, especially as we get closer and closer to Memorial Day and so much of our success as a nation sadly had to come through war and sacrifice. So we'll do that. And we'll also talk about uh, what the president's going to be doing, going to Michigan, visiting a car plant, Ford, and talk about how they converted to help us out to ventilators, as GM did too, and also seeing that horrific uh, flood that took place there that is really devastating that city as that oppressive governor uh, governor continues to lock down an entire state when only small uh, sections uh, are dealing with the virus, which, by the way, is bending in the right direction, which we were told is all we had to do. So we'll talk about all that and first get to the big three. Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. I would love to see the release of that transcript. No defense lawyer for General Flynn has been allowed to hear the recording or see the transcript. And frankly, I would want both because I can't trust the FBI. Uh, There we go. Uh, That is... Uh, a very familiar voice, Sidney Powell, uh, the Flynn fiasco, Susan Rice and Michael Flynn's attorney. Well, they agree on one thing. They all want to see the transcripts of the conversation between Kislyak, the ambassador to Russia, and Michael Flynn. The country needs to see it. We'll bring you what we know about the targeting of the three-star general. Number two. It's crazy that we let Chinese companies go public on our stock exchanges and, and not live up to our disclosure and our regulatory requirements. We can't let that stand. I believe this legislation is going to pass, and it's well time that it passes, too. China moves to hit them where it hurts, their wallets. As the president goes on a Twitter spree, lamenting their lying and cheating, a bipartisan Senate bill is passed uh, to help knock them from our stock exchange. And leaked documents show they actually have 640,000 cases. I actually think it's a lot more as they're dealing with another outbreak. Number one. Lockdowns don't work if there's already a lot of virus in the area, in the community, in the state, in the country. Over 20 states that have come out of lockdown have actually seen a decreased number of cases. 
Uh, there you go. Dr. Mark Siegel ending the shutdown. Doctors, business owners, students demanding the release of restrictions in many cases. Yet in some places, the crackdown continues and the retribution continues from governors from Murphy in New Jersey uh, to Pritzker in Illinois. Is this really all about politics instead of the American people? Then there's this. The Brian Kilmeade Show presents The Humble. I was not talking about myself. The modest. I think I'm an egomaniac, and I'm not. The unostentatious. I think we need to go back to the oligarch intro. Chris Wallace, oligarch. Hey, Chris, welcome back. Well, at least it doesn't have me calling myself the king, and it doesn't have right, me calling I know. myself the receptive voice, which is so stupid. How can a voice be receptive? I just don't understand it. I've never understood it. This is what the kids. This is what the kids say when they get together. The teenagers, the people, the millennials. They always talk like that, and that's what I'm trying to do. Try to get a younger audience. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and booking me is really helping you with that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, what were you thinking? Peach, you're fired. Okay. Go home. Uh, yeah. So, your target demographic. So, so, Chris, you see the headlines in the New York Post. Uh, you know, Sean had them last night, and they're out. Uh, open up this place. You're going back on your word. You told us to bend the curve, and we have. You told us to take a pause, and we did. You told us hospitals are going to be overrun, and they weren't. You never used Javits. You never used the USNS Comfort. Uh, you said you needed ventilators in emergency. We have such a surplus. We're not only sending them around the country, we're sending them around the world. Do you understand the sentiment uh, with the New York Post today? Uh, do you understand the sentiment with the 600 doctors who said the lockdown is causing more hundred more harm than good? Well, I, I mean, look, do I think that we can, you know, open so slowly, safely? But the idea, let's just open up the. I mean, you're acting like this whole thing was the hoax. Ninety thousand people. No, not. Ninety thousand people have died. And, and, you know, it's going to, according to the best estimates, by the end of August, it's going to be about 130,000. I, I, I don't consider that so great. I mean, I'm not blaming it on Trump. Or well, what's the answer? On, is on, the answer to destroy I'm the economy saying. along the way? But this is not the answer. They, they were finding out that 87% of the people, Chris, that tested positive in New York were sheltering at home. Those are the words of Governor Cuomo. So we're killing our economy and we're getting the virus. And the New York Times has a story today, I know, the New York Times, that says that if we had closed one week earlier, if we had shut down one week earlier in March, we would have saved 36,000 lives. I mean, you know, go ahead. Oh, people, if you don't care, go out, open up. Uh, you know, I can't. I, I can't I do it. That's not my decision. Finish. I, I have to laugh at a lot of people who are doing this who are completely sheltered, Broadcasting from studios in their homes, writing from uh, their apartments who aren't sheltering, but they're saying to everybody else, oh, go out and party, and it's like it's 1999. See, Chris, I'm so good. I'm so glad you brought that up. It's because the rules of the politicians don't allow you to go to the restaurants, the bars, the hotels, the planes, in many cases, to travel. When you, if there was a way to get in J.P. Morgan Chase, and they said we can open up the doors and we could start doing this at a, on, a, on a major basis for non-essential workers, then you'd have a case. But right now, you can't make the rules and get mad at people for not following them. They're, We're saying they're, they're, loosen you them. Can get on an air, you can get on an airplane tomorrow. You can go to restaurants in a lot of places in this country. 
You can get on a train and go someplace. Go ahead and do it. I, I think it's dangerous. Now, I'm fortunate enough that I'm able to, to do my job, my work at home. And, and I certainly feel for people who can't do that and have to go work, and I pay them all credit. But I, when I see pe- these beaches that are crowded and people not observing social distancing or people in bars all together, uh, you know, honestly, I think they're damn fools. Maybe I'm well, wrong. One thing I'm wrong if, and I hope it turns but, out to be great. But I think that to, to act like it's all over, and and you know, let's just go forget math. That's a, that's an extreme. No one said that though. No one said that. That's what, no one said that. No, wait a minute. And, no, that's that's exactly what's happening. And you know what's happening. No, there are big crowds. No, in New York no, City, no, no. I, and there are big crowds all over. There are big crowds at beaches, and there are crowds all over the place. And people are not observing it. And I hope they're okay. It's been too. It's but been. I think it's a very it's foolish been, thing to do, Chris. And I wouldn't tell my Chris, kids to do it. There are no crowds in bars. There are no crowds in bars. There's no crowds in bars. Really? You didn't There's see, no crowds in restaurants. The crowd. There's no Wait sporting goods stores. But we can go to Target. We can go to Target. You didn't see the crowds in bars in Wisconsin after they lifted the social order. You didn't see that all those people sitting there. One day, oh, and and by the way, and by the way, can we, that was one bar. And by the way, that was a court order that said it's an illegal thing to uh, unnecessarily oppress, or the rule wasn't constitutional. That was their deal. But when you look around and you see these guys who have put up plexiglass, have arrows on the floor, are ready to change their kitchen, change their food delivery, they're ready to go, they can't get an okay. And then when you have Florida... Of of 3,000 people in Florida, in Orlando, that they had to break up, do you see the people in... You know, I hate to get repeated here, but do you you see the people who get in fights? Let's hear hear from... Let's see, but how is Florida going, Chris? How's Florida going? Do you say how's how's Texas going? How's North Dakota going? Great. If you look at now, there's increases in these in in states or all in, in a lot of parts of the country. Some places it's going down. Look, I I'm not rooting for failure. I'm just saying be careful. And and you're you're seeing this. I mean, you see people that go into targets, that go into these stores without masks. And when people tell them to put on masks, they get in fights. They have to have police come. There was a there was a fellow in a target. All he was doing was saying, "Put on a mask in a target." And when he tried to enforce it, they threw him to the ground and broke his arm. You think that I, I, I'm? You know, I guess you think that's okay. Right. Do you think it's Do you think it's okay to take someone's uh, livelihood away and shut down a gym when they've already cordoned off the treadmills, cordoned off the ellipticals, made so, uh, so. changed the locker rooms because one because one guy at a Target in a, in a country of 330 million people, I imagine that guy's got a problem beyond that one incident in Target. It's more than it's more than one incident, and I mean if you if you watch the the news, you see that it's happening in a lot of places. I'm not saying. Let me be clear here, because I know that most of your audience doesn't agree with me. I'm not saying that people should be locked up, and when states reopen, but let's observe the rules. And the idea that you see this big thing in the front page of the of the post, and uh, you know, let's let's just reopen. It's it, it, let's reopen with carefully and and uh, safely and you can't spin this disease and let me tell you if we get a second wave of this virus and there are a lot of people you know you're not a scientist i'm not a scientist but i listen to scientists i listen to people with facts and they're not on the front page of the new york post and they're not on television they're scientists 
And they say to be careful, and I'm saying just be careful. Follow the science, follow the facts, follow the guidelines. Right. Right. And I just know NYU, uh, uh, Dr. Dr. Siegel, one of 600 doctors that said the downside of staying locked up is now uh, has been outstripped by the challenges of the virus are outstripped by the positives of ending the lockup. Here's an example of a business owner. I just texted him. I said, listen, are you open in New York? He says, no. I go, are you ready? And he said, yes. He says, I reduce capacity, credit cards only, lines to get in, everybody six feet apart, paper menus disposed of afterward, plastic utensils, amongst other things. Everyone wears masks. All he wants is a chance to save his business. That's all he wants. He doesn't want a favor. He doesn't want to play the PPP loan. He hasn't even applied for it yet. You know but he's what? saying, I'm, I'm ready. For that guy. That sounds like a guy who's following the guidelines. That's, I, that's yes. what I'm saying. I think that sounds fine. Great. Last thing I want to talk about is what we spent the last few Sundays talking about, and that is the last dance. Here's a little of Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. Um, they were here. Here they are. It's, it's Michael Jordan talking about beating my. Uh, oh yeah. Here's Jordan talking about beating Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. Cut fifty. In sports, the stage is set for the Air Magic Show in the NBA Finals starting Sunday. It'll be Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls against Magic Johnson and the L.A. Lakers. You know, when you're a competitor, you want to play against the best. I played against Larry, and I've always wanted to play against Mike. Up until that point, it was a stigma that Michael Jordan, all he does is win scoring titles. He never wins championships. That was my chance to get in the category of Larry Bird. And Magic Johnson. And he did. What did you think of the 10-part series? I, I finished the last part last night. I hope we're going to agree on this. I thought it was great. I, first of all, I love Michael Jordan. I covered Michael Jordan. I spent about a month uh, on and off with the Bulls back in 97. And I even got to play horse with Michael Jordan. And I beat him. That's a long story. We'll have to have that some other time. But I love him, and I loved him in this thing. I mean, he, was, he wasn't a nice guy. He was maniacally competitive, but he was a winner. And, I, you know, I know there's this big debate, Kobe and LeBron. As far as I'm concerned, watching those ten episodes, it just confirmed that this was the greatest basketball player of all time, maybe the greatest team athlete of all time. Absolutely. We're... The other thing I'm just shocked at, there's two stories, there's three stories today. Horace Grant is mad at him because he was not the snitch. Scottie Pippen says he wasn't treated well in the documentary. And Jerry Reinsdorf said, uh, the owner of the team, uh, Jordan never talked about uh, keeping the team together. That he wanted to and they didn't. So first off on Pippen, I thought Pippen was treated great. Yeah, well, did I mean, he, he, mostly there was a there was a bad thing. The time he quit on the team, he did quit on the team. He refused to go in because the play was for Tony Kukoc to get the to yeah. get the uh, ball and make the shot, and not him. And he said, with one point seven seconds left in in a in a playoff game, no, I'm not going in. He like he you know he deserved it. But no, I thought generally speaking, he was handled fine. Look, a piece like that isn't going to please everybody. And I look. I, there were negative things about Jordan, about what a tyrant he was, about the gambling, uh, you know, a, a number of things. But I thought I knew everything about Michael Jordan, and I learned a lot in that. I mean, the fact that he was calling his security guy, 
uh, Gus List at two in the morning and crying about his is missing his father so much. I I thought it was a really great piece of work, and I recommend it to everybody. Get out, go so don't social distance with people and watch the last dance. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the la and lastly. Uh, Yes, sir. I just can't believe, really 20 seconds, I cannot believe they didn't do everything to keep that team together. It makes no sense. It's unprecedented. I agree. They won, they won six championships in eight years, and the only two years they didn't were when Jordan wasn't there. And, uh, you know, did they deserve a chance to win? Do you really think, I mean, Reinsdorf says he didn't ever want to keep the team together. Do you really think Michael Jordan didn't want to go for a seventh? I, I, don't, I don't believe that. Yeah. Chris Wallace, we'll see you at Fox News Sunday. It's going to be right. great. Just Thanks say, so much. Yes, we had a spirited conversation, but that's what makes Always Fox did. great. I, I love you, and we'll talk next week. And I love you, too. Back in a moment. Brian Kilmeade, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Summer is finally here, ladies and gentlemen. A summer like no other in so many ways. And Chamonix is celebrating with a sale like no other. Now, right now, get the classic Genius Helper bags and puffiness and the jawline treatment, and Chamonix will double your order for free. Whether you're staying at home, going back to work, or simply connecting remotely with your loved ones and co-workers, now's the time to say goodbye to puffiness, dark spots, crow's feet, even firm up that skin under the jawline and neck area. Your neck Zoom or FaceTime will feel better, guaranteed. You're going to get compliments or simply get 100% of your money back. It's time for you to emerge strong, positive, confident, and beautiful. Order GenuCell now, and Chamonix will double your order for free. So go to GenuCell.com or call 800-SKIN-860. And for results in minutes, the GenuCell immediate effects is also free, plus free shipping. Get double your order free now. All orders are upgraded to free priority shipping. GenuCell.com, that's GenuCell.com. Chamonix, your ticket to a more beautiful life. 800-SKIN-860, GenuCell.com. This is good news, maybe exactly when you need it to. Right now, MediShare is waiving their new member fees. This could save you money on top of all that you'll save each month by becoming a member of MediShare. So many people are looking for a healthcare solution right now, seeing the cost of COBRA plans, for instance, and MediShare is the affordable alternative to health insurance. The typical family saves $500 a month. You might save even more. MediShare is a Christian community that shares each other's healthcare costs, and because of the current economic situation. They're making it easier than ever. Apply by May 30th and you can save an additional $170 on your first month. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Just tell them the promo code SHARE to receive your additional savings. Maybe now is the time to make the switch like more than 400,000 people already have and start saving. Here it is. Call 844-47-BIBLE. That's 844-47-BIBLE. 844-47-BIBLE. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. But first, if you own a life insurance or term policy that you no longer need or can't afford, you can sell it for cash. That's what Edward and Margaret did when faced with mounting medical bills and an unplanned retirement. Coventry Direct helped them sell their $1 million life insurance policy for $130,000 cash. See if you qualify. Please call 1-800-888-3791 or visit CoventryHelpSeniors.com. That's 1-800-888-3791 or visit CoventryHelpSeniors.com. 
On this Thursday, I am planning the Memorial Day weekend, as many of you are. Because I'm not a party guy, I don't have to worry about social gatherings. But if I were invited to one, I would send regrets. Not a good time to mingle with folks you don't know very well. However, I will have dinner with friends, keeping a few feet apart, will not wear the dopey mask while eating or conversing in a private home. But I will wear the mask in a store, but not while driving. Will not wear the mask on the beach or walking the pooch or hiking. Will maintain distance. If I get the contagion, I get it. I have a fatalistic attitude towards danger. Don't court it, but don't fear death. Never have. But I do fear hurting someone else. The worst thing about this virus is that people can have it and not know it. That's why masks are essential. Infections go both ways. I have a few books to read over the weekend, a lot of commentary to write, and I'm thinking ahead to a much better situation for all Americans. This stupid virus will subside and most of us will better appreciate what we have in our lives when normalcy returns. Always turn a negative into something positive if you can. Now this. Protect yourself and your family with high quality face coverings from Boomer Naturals. Their lab verified to give 92.2% antibacterial protection, and are available in adult and child sizes. Boomer Natural Face Coverings are made for use up to 30 days when you hand wash between uses. I recommend ordering your face covering now at boomernaturals.com. Use code BILL20 at checkout to save 20%, plus get free shipping on any order over 50 bucks. Please use BILL20 at boomernaturals.com. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis later on. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3 on WPG Talk Radio make your head spin it's brian kilmeade with the right restrictions tables six feet apart and away from the sidewalks masks and distancing measures for staff and other precautions the experts believe that these services can open at a risk comparable to other outdoor activities a business that chooses not to follow the rules can recover from a fine it is much more expensive to deal with being stripped of a license or forced to close isn't that great the people of illinois can know that their governor will strip you of your license if you want to cut hair will strip you of your license if you want to responsibly open up a restaurant isn't that great jp pritzker that's what you got illinois I mean, that's what you have. I think this is really going to play into the election almost as much as Donald Trump, the economy, and the pandemic coverage. Because people are going to look around and say, what was the intent? 
to safely open up the country. What was the intent with my governor? To slow it down so the economy struggles so we reconfigure and realign what we spend on and what we don't spend on? And where the economy will be in November when it comes to go to the voting booth? If you just look at what Nancy Pelosi put in her bill in Rescue 5 package, and then you see the way some of these governors, the governor of Pennsylvania, the governor of New Jersey, and the governor of Illinois off the top of my head have been acting, you wonder if there's some synergy there. And the big loser are not Democrats or Republicans, it's overall the American people. 1-866-408-7669. I'm as responsible as anyone, but I also understand what small businesses go through. And they are going down for the count. Hundreds of thousands. Brian Kilmeade. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Sean Hannity. Media is what the media is what the media is. And that is they are abusively biased and they are corrupt. The Democratic Party is corrupt. That never-ending, nonstop, psychotic hatred of a president just goes on and on and on and on and on. And they don't seem to care at all, nor will they ever care. Sean Hannity, weekday afternoons at 3 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Fox News, I'm Chris Foster. It's now nearly 39 million Americans laid off since businesses started closing or slowing down because of the coronavirus outbreak. There were another 2.4 million new unemployment claims last week. The number of people applying for unemployment benefits has been gradually declining since the record of 6.8 million in the week ending March 28th. Economists say claims numbers are staying high, though, as states are processing applications for gig workers and many others are finally able to register for benefits. Fox's Jenny Casola. The actress Lori Loughlin and her fashion designer husband, Massimo Giannulli, agreed to plead guilty to charges in a college admissions bribery case. Loughlin has also agreed to a sentence of two months in prison. Her husband will get five months in prison. They were accused of paying $500,000 to get their daughters into the University of Southern California and were expected to go to trial later this year. Fox's Tanya J. Powers. America's listening to Fox News. Governor Murphy is expected to announce more steps for New Jersey reopening today. The governor has slowly been lifting coronavirus-related restrictions bit by bit. He's expected to mainly focus on outdoor activities. Yesterday, he insisted it's still not safe for non-essential businesses to allow customers inside, saying there's no ventilation. The Camden County gym that kept reopening despite the governor's orders has been closed by state health officials. Attila's gym in Belmar kept opening all week and repeatedly got ticketed for it. The gym reportedly had a sewer system issue yesterday and people had to evacuate. The owners say they won't violate a health department order, but also say they're working to reopen tomorrow. Protesters have been gathering in support of the gym. New Jersey is launching a new testing partnership in conjunction with Walmart and Quest Diagnostics. Beginning tomorrow, self-administered self-swab drive-up test site service will be available at seven Walmarts across the state. Tests will be provided at specific drive-up locations outside these stores. Testing will be by appointment only. 
You'll be able to drink in public at special designated areas in North Wildwood this Memorial Day weekend. North Wildwood Mayor Patrick Rosanello said the move was made to ward off an enforcement nightmare since residents are now allowed to take out and pick up alcoholic beverages. The designated areas will include tables and chairs placed adjacent to bars and restaurants. In the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 Newsroom, I'm Kristen Marks. I'm Neil Cavuto, and this is the Fox Business Report. Stocks open flat. There's another dismal reading on the job market, though it was expected. There were another 2.4 million new unemployment claims last week. The number is still drastically high, though down from last week's revised 2.6 million new claims. Macy says it could lose more than a billion dollars in the current quarter, though it has started to reopen stores and sales are moderately better than expected. Victoria's Secret plans to permanently close about 200 150 stores in the U.S. and Canada. Parent company L Brand says about 50 of its Bath and Body Works locations also will close. Shoppers have been stocking up at BJ's Wholesale, and the warehouse chain says its business was even stronger than expected in the recent quarter. Overall sales were up nearly 20%. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Ginny Cosola, invested in you. Okay, you know how it feels when you've saved enough for that long-awaited home edition? Now imagine an edition on that edition. That's the feeling with Capital One, where a new savings account earns an interest rate five times the national average. That's right, five times, as represented by five times more singers. This is banking reimagined. Capital One, what's in your wallet? Terms apply. Rate comparison based on FDIC national rate. Capital One NA member FDIC. Your WPG Talk Radio 95.5, accurate forecast for South Jersey. Cool this afternoon with clouds giving away the sun, high 63. Tonight, partly cloudy, low 52. Cloudy tomorrow with a couple of showers, high 68. Saturday, clouds and sun with a shower or thunderstorm around, high 75. Sunday, cooler, clouds and sun, high 65. I'm AccuWeather's Brian May on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Brian Kilmead, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Information you want, truth you demand. This is the Brian Kilmead Show. I think there's such a deep hatred of American freedom, of prosperity, of capitalism of law-abiding bourgeois values and the left is seizing this moment. Pelosi has a uh, federal jailbreak provision in the recent stimulus bill that the Democrats have put out. Uh, it, is, it is truly based on hatred, I think. And uh, also, the longer we can go on with these economic shutdowns, the more dependent citizens you create. That is Heather McDonald. She writes a lot about this, fi the financial welfare of our country. And as much people respect the fact that we're going to probably hit 100,000 deaths, we also know there's a lot of people whose lives are falling apart, who the economy is crushing. And I think there's a way of fighting this, being a vaccine, fighting with therapy, at the same time, responsibly opening up businesses from dry cleaners to sporting goods stores uh, to that restaurant down the block, uh, to the deli. I, the other day, um, we went to the cemetery and we go to the same florist every single time before we go to the cemetery. Florist is closed. I'm thinking to myself, wait a second, the nursery's open, 
but the forest is closed. How does that make sense? If you were a forest, you know what they had? They had something in front that said, on honor system, slip the money through the door, here are the flowers. All of them were fake, but they just took, they, you know, there were no cameras there, this middle of nowhere. That's how desperate people are to make money and have a business and how stupid it is, the arbitrary way in which people are shutting down businesses. Oh, don't buy from me, but go to Costco. Don't buy from me, but go to Target, which has almost everything you could possibly use, including the specialty stores down the block. Don't go to the hardware store, go to Home Depot. How is this fair? How much longer do you expect them to deal with this? And in New York, they did everything. The front page of the New York Times, yes, it's dangerous, absolutely. Yes, it's challenging with the subways and the buses and the trains, absolutely. But they got ultraviolet lights. They shut it down two hours a night and they've already cleaned it. On Long Island Railroad, they're going to uh, lessen capacity. You know why? Because they were challenged to do so. And I read earlier, if you listened to the show a half hour ago, what my friend is doing so he could open up his comedy club. And he just ran down everything that he's doing. It, to me, it's above and beyond, let alone his kitchen. You don't usually go to the comedy clubs for the food, but they got to make sure people can order whatever they want and be able to clean. And if it's not good, the comedy, the comedians are not going to come and the people won't be there. So to me, it's not much of a difference. So I want to bring you to what's going on in Florida. In Florida, um, I think Ron DeSantis has 49% approval rating. They said he's letting the spring breakers go. Probably not a good idea. It wasn't. And he was very slow to shut down. And it was on purpose. And he's got a military background. He's not used to panicking under pressure, and he didn't. And then when it was time to reopen, he says, Jacksonville's no problem. I'm opening it up. I'm opening up Tallahassee. It's no problem. I've got a huge problem in Miami. It's going to stay closed. And Broward, too. But then I'm going to lift it up little by little. I'm going to move. I'm going to check it out. I'm going to move. And the numbers have rocketed down. Listen to the predictions from the media on what is going to happen in Florida. Cut three. Those numbers are going to go radically up in the coming days and weeks because you have this governor, Ron DeSantis, this Trump mini-me. Why did it take so long for the governor? I mean, what? What? because the science has been clear on this now for a while. Is the governor's botched response to this outbreak? Is he going to be forced to own whatever the consequences are in the Sunshine State? Hmm. Is he? The numbers have fallen off a cliff. There's still restrictions. Half full in some of the restaurants. Miami's just opening up. Everyone's walking around. They're making sure they're going the right way down the aisles for the most part. But their economy's beginning to stand up again. Cut four. Our data is available. Our data is transparent. In fact, Dr. Burks has talked multiple times about how Florida has the absolute best data. So any insinuation otherwise is just typical partisan narrative trying to be spun. And part of the reason is that because you got a lot of people in your profession who waxed poetically for weeks and weeks about how Florida was going to be just like New York. Wait two weeks, Florida's going to be next. Just like Italy, wait two weeks. Well, hell, we're eight weeks away from that, and it hasn't happened. And he's just getting wound up. Cut five. Not only do we have a lower death rate, well, we have way lower deaths generally, we have a lower death rate than the Acela Corridor, D.C., everyone up there. We have a lower rate death rate than the Midwest, Illinois, Michigan, Indiana, Ohio. But even in our region, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Florida has the lower death rate. And I was the number one landing spot from tens of thousands of people leaving the number one hot zone in the world to come to my state. So we've succeeded, and I think that people just don't 
want to recognize it because it challenges their narrative, it challenges their assumption. So they got to try to find a boogeyman. Maybe it's that there are black helicopters circling the Department of Health. If you believe that, um, I got a bridge in Brooklyn I'd like to sell you. Last question. Do you blame him for getting fired up? He's not having a bad day. He's actually having a good day. And he's amazed at how many people don't notice the good days. Don't notice that Georgia is going well. It's not perfect. Of course not. Of course there's risk. But no one's making you take a risk. We just want to be allowed to take the risk. Is that okay? I hope so. Because so far we're seeing a lot of punishing actions by governors in New Jersey and Illinois specifically. And they're trying to do it in California. They're getting some big pushback, even from that liberal bastion. So in case you think this is politicians against citizens or business against non-business, students against teachers, it's not. 600 plus doctors signed a letter saying by waiting in place, by the elective surgeries going on hold, by people being afraid to go to emergency rooms, by people getting off beaches, the detrimental effects outstrip the shelter-in-place benefits. Dr. Mark Siegel, who signed it, cut 12. Lockdowns don't work if there's already a lot of virus in the area, in the community, right. in the state, in the country. J.P. Morgan came out with a study today that's really shocking. It showed that the European countries that were locked down did not do as well, have not done as well as the ones who aren't. And that applies to the United States, too, where over 20 states that have come out of lockdown have actually seen a decreased number of cases. South Dakota, which was never locked down at all, has had almost no cases over the last several days so here we go you could point to as chris wallace did before accurately wisconsin they packed a bar I, I hated that colorado on mother's day packed a restaurant because it makes all of us look bad that say we can open up responsibly what i think you got to do and brad blakeman brought this up to me yesterday since we have less seating be responsible eat and go multiple seatings can get these restaurants standing up 80, I think 80, uh, most of the damage done to the hospitality industry, people don't travel, they're not going to hotels, they're not eating out, and what happens? You get The doormen don't get tipped, the receptionists don't get tipped, uh, the waiters don't get tipped, uh, the, food, the, the food doesn't get delivered, the people, the truck drivers are affected, the food, uh, the chain of food is affected, we're seeing it over and over again. But 50 states have begun to open up. And there is some good news. And I watched this last night. Larry Kudlow was desperate to get this in as, as Sean Hannity went to break. So you some music underneath it. So Larry Kudlow, who had to watch the best economy become the worst economy, says this is what he's seeing. Cut 16. Reopen. <laughs> Reopen safely. Uh, wearing masks in some places is going to work. Uh, keep an eye on the virus data. Uh, make sure you've got testing around and take your temperature and so forth. Yeah, I agree. Reopen. I mean, the fact is we've reopened in some way in every state right now. That's really good news. President and the vice president said that yesterday at the cabinet meeting. But here's the thing. You're actually seeing small signs of an improving economy. Small signs to be sure. Automobile driving is up. Gas prices are up. Oil prices are up. Housing demand is up. Businesses are opening left and right. And look, uh, yeah, I know he's a cheerleader, he's a positive guy by nature, he always was on television, always asked great questions, Larry Kudlow, but he's seeing the numbers, seeing everything tick up. When you're flat on your back and you put one hand on the ground and you start to get up, uh, it's progress.
and we were flat on our back, it was self-inflicted, it was almost a self-inflicted nuclear bomb we dropped on our country, where to preserve our health, we went away. And now we're going back in and seeing what's left. And I think time matters, days matter. Yesterday we talked to a uh, restaurateur on the water, can't afford the rent, can't afford to shut out down for two and a half months, can't afford to miss Memorial Day. You can write checks on an account that has no money in it, or you can give them a chance to attract customers in. I saw a stat in Texas that only 15% of the, the normal business in restaurants is taking place. So they opened up the restaurants in Texas and their business is only 15% on the positive, 15% of what it was. Okay, you got to win their trust over. The Johnsons got to go home and tell the Gonzalez's is great. Everything's great. I love what they've done with the place. It's pretty safe. It's kind of fun. And then there's sports bar that ends up having anarchy and watching pay-per-view and jumping all over each other. Hey, guys, don't think you should go in there. I know you're 23. You just out of school. You're done with your semester. Let's not be un, un, you know, unreasonably risky. And that place will begin to empty out. But right now, you can't do that. In New York, people are stir-crazy. They're in tiny apartments. They go out, and now they're serving drinks to take out. And they sit around on a bench or kind of huddle in roughly the same area. And now you have these poor police officers who have to go down and tell these people who aren't breaking the law but are breaking the rules that they got to go. Just feel terrible for them. When we come back, a special treat. We take a break from the pandemic, a break from the election, a break from the Michael Flynn investigation, and we talk about something in our past we think made a really impact in who we are today. Don't move. It's Brian Kilmeade. Brian Kilmeade. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Did you know that the price of gold is up 15% this year? I'm not kidding. I can't believe it either. And gold is up 50% this year, even as the stock market is limping its way along. Can you imagine where the gold would be right now if the stock market corrects again? Well, stop imagining and call Oxford Gold Group right now so you can learn how easy it is to have real gold and silver sent to your home or how you can have real gold and silver sent to your IRA or 401k. The Oxford Gold Group is one of the most reputable precious metal dealers in the entire nation. They got a free investment guide, too, that they can send you free. Call them today at 833-600-GOLD. That's 833-600-G-O-L-D. Call them right now and take advantage of their free guide and learn how. Real gold and silver can protect and grow your savings in retirement. Call the Oxford Gold Group right now at 833-600-GOLD. That's 833-600-G-O-L-D. The Oxford Gold Group. Call them right now. 833-600-GOLD. The last few months have taught us what's important in life. It's also taught us what we need to eliminate or change. It's the same for business. What are the changes you need to make? Do you have a hairball of multiple software systems when you could streamline with one? All you need is NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. Finance, HR, inventory, e-commerce, everything you need, all in one place, so you save time, money, and headaches. Whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in sales, NetSuite gives you visibility and control so you can manage every penny with precision. Join over 20,000 companies who trust NetSuite to go faster with confidence. NetSuite surveyed hundreds of business leaders and assembled a playbook of the top strategies they're using as America reopens for business. Receive your free guide, seven actions businesses need to take now, and schedule your free product tour at netsuite.com open. Get your free guide and schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com slash open, netsuite.com slash open.